Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Should I just keep going about the businesses? Yeah, okay. please. We are so, just talking. <laughs> We're having a good conversation. Uh-huh. So, right. So, so, in 1990, I got a huge break. I got the first contract to supply um, World Food Program with food for relief food for South Sudan. Well, Sudan then, but South Sudan. Um, it was amazing because a friend of mine just threw me in there and I said, Yeah, I can do it. And they said, <laughs> <laughs> and they said they needed uh, five thousand tons of maize. Okay. I, I can assure you, none of you knows what five thousand tons of maize <laughs> looks like. I had no idea either. Yeah. Um, just to give you an idea, a Tata truck, uh, these normal trucks that we see running around, yes. eh? it takes a maximum of ten tons. Oh, so five thousand. Uh, 500 Tata trucks. That's right. Now, even me, I hadn't done that calculation. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to do, we had to do it in 40 days. Whoa! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Did you know any maize suppliers when I, you said yes? I knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew absolutely nothing about maize. Um, wow. Let me tell you. On the 40th day, we loaded the last truck, and it went. It was, it was out of the scales. It was, I was ready to collapse. <laughs> we, we, were, we had a store in Kawempe. Uh, had to be there like at 5.30. Thank God there was, a, there was a huge surplus. There was a, a big, big, big harvest of maize that year. So maize was everywhere, and they were actually throwing at it, it at us. And yet in the South Sudan, they really they were, had a real serious famine. So we actually made it. But, you know, I was carrying bags. I was cleaning maize. I was loading on trucks, of course, with a whole army of people. And um, it was an amazing experience. Immediately after, they gave us another contract of another 5,000 tons of maize and 2,000 tons of beans. <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. it was just it was uh, it was mind blowing business, um, but then as things happened in Uganda, when people saw that this business was available, um, we were making a good profit, mm. guided by the UN system. Then people then they opened it up for um, for uh, tendering, yeah. and people started bringing in ridiculously low prices. So I said, uh, uh-uh. I got out of that business. Um, uh, quickly after I went, we opened, me and my father, we opened Radio Sanyu, Sanyu oh, FM. Oh, did 19- you know? <laughs> <laughs> 1993, another first. We were the first FM station in Uganda. Wow. Uh, you hear Sanyu FM with that young um, uh, music and stuff, the whole style. It was the first one. It's did the guys, oldest. Simba uh, Wakati, did you guys know that JK was once a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> he was a funky uh, DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ JK. But now, take it easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yeah, I was when I was in university, when I was in, um, I was in school, and then I just went into music. I, I was actually also a, a model. A model, yeah. Oh, yeah. Calvin Klein. Wait, my, my, my friend, these, these assets. But these assets, assets please check it. I'm sorry us. I started you there. Can yeah. we go back to what we were talking about? <laughs> He's talking about those, that his assets had to be put to use. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, JK world, was a model with Calvin Klein, right? Uh, no, no, it was mostly Italian designers. Um, uh, yes, very... <laughs> Studio audience, <laughs> forget. You know there's a studio audience here, <laughs> they are distracting me. So, Anyway, yeah, with uh, Versace. Uh, Versace, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you all need to respect the man, okay? You guys, you're going to make me run away from here. <laughs> not not okay. a chance. Uh, Mama, let's go back. So Sanyu anyway, FM. Anyway, so Sanyu FM. Sanyu yeah. FM, uh, 1993, <laughs> DJ Jacket, Sampo, Sampo uh, the Discs. You wait, you, you just become. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 94, we started Sanyu Television. And that was, you know, it was really, it was really, I think it was the, one of the night, best I things I've done. I remember Sanyu Television. Um, and again, it was new, so we were learning along the way, you know, mm. really doing something absolutely new. Um, I remember, you know, not, not long story short, but I, the day we put up everything, and we went out to test yeah. uh, with the engineers. We had guys from South Africa and from Israel. And we drove to Lugazi. We wanted to see how far. And there was this lady at the market, at the, at the bus stage, taxi stage. And she had a radio. Of course, everybody played cassettes. Do you guys know what cassettes are? We shall write, we shall uh, revise. So they were, they were playing cassettes those times. So she had this um, a music box with cassettes. So we asked her, we said, can we, you know, there's a nice radio station with some good music. Can we try it on. I said, ah, ah this is Uganda, Radio Uganda. I said, no, this isn't Radio Uganda. And it's on FM. He said, you, you know, so we, she looked at us and we put on the FM and the nicest sound oh. in the world came out. <laughs> uh, it was really glorious. It really was. Um, yeah, so we went into, I went into um, the radio, ran the radio for quite a long time. Then, you know, my family went into banking. And then... Um, and, and one of the, when we were starting the, the radio station, we needed to print letterheads. We got a design in South Africa. A guy just did it right there. Mm. One of these super talented guys, and he gave us a beautiful design. And uh, we needed to do letterheads. So I went to Nairobi. We couldn't print in color here. And I went to Nairobi to get some prints. And I remember sitting in front of this... Um, uh, Indian guy, and they told me something called color separation. Yeah. Me, I knew you print, uh, you know, you want a color print, you get, instead there's a whole process, and there's this process called color separation. And this guy was looking at us, and he says, um, you need uh, to wait for one week. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. He said, we've got a whole backlog, so one week. I said, come on, please, I'm from Uganda. We have, I'll tell you also, the president is coming to open, so we need to do this. Just help us. So he says, okay, I can see what I can do. Maybe I'll push you forward three days. I said, boss, really? And what is this color separation thing that is so uh, important? And he says, okay. But and he says, look, if you don't want, you can go somewhere else, but you're going to go around Nairobi, you're not going to find anything, and you'll come back. And when you come back, you go to the bottom of the pile. Wow. And I had the printer with me, and he was an Indian. So he went into Indian language. This guy begged him, begged him, begged him. And me, I was really, you know, I was saying, what is this? 
So anyway, move out of the place. And I asked this guy, what is this color separation? So he shows them to me. I call a friend um, here and I ask him, where, what, what does it take? And he told me, there's, they're doing a show in South Africa demonstrating a new uh, technology about color separations. And he said, they're doing it tomorrow. And I was in Nairobi. So I said, okay. I got to under a flight, went to South Africa. Wow. I saw this machine and I bought it. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so, I told you. <laughs> so now I was in the printing business. So, so I, and what happened before the printers in Uganda, they used to get onto a bus, go to Nairobi. They, they, they did their color separations at night in that same place. So there was some guy who would come and do them after midnight. So they would be there, wait for those color separations, get back on the bus and come back to come back to Uganda. So now I also introduced color separation in Uganda, which really was the introduction of color printing because without color separations, you don't have color printing. <laughs> uh, and that was, oh, what year was that? That was 85, six, yeah, six, I think. And so that was another revolutionary business that we started. And um, there was a printing uh, press in, uh, on, uh, which was owned by... Uh, um, alliance, you got, uh, what was it? Cooperative Alliance, Uganda Cooperative Alliance. And they, was, they were fed up with it because the guys were working it. They were, so the guy, um, uh, the, the, the boss of it uh, talked to us and says, why don't you take over this place because I'm tired of it. He happened to meet Kamara's father. Ariho Kamara. Oh, <laughs> so we went in there and uh, so we started printing. So we're doing color separation and printing. Along the way, some very talented people came along. One of them was Mr. Jeremy Biemanzi. I know pastor. that man. Yeah, he's, mm. I think. Where did you meet him? Well, that's a story that's for another, another day. Anyway, <laughs> so, so Jeremy and, um, and, and Kamara, Kamara later. later was right? that in 1986? Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy, we are giving away your story. <laughs> so Jeremy comes, and um, and Jeremy had um, um, we also. I think Jeremy, do we? I think we introduced Mac computers in Uganda, right? We were the only guys who had um, Apple computers in Uganda. And Jeremy comes in and he has an Apple laptop. Can you believe it? Yeah, anyway, I can. Yes, you can. <laughs> So then, so now I got into, I got into printing and um, was in it for quite a bit of time. Then before you know it, um, then printing, the printing business started going down because of the digital. Yes. Um, so now you had telephones, you had, um, so we had gone into smartphones. So a lot of our customers were like um, the telcos, Airtel, you know, before that. What was it called before? Celtel, all of those. Zane. Zane, they were all mm. our customers. Wow. And uh, they stopped giving us business because they could reach their clients on the phones. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, when we started off, we must have been like five printers in Kampala. In no time, right now, I think there are more than 100, definitely more than 100. I think nearer 200 printers. So the business was no longer moving on. And then a friend of mine walks into my office one day. She's called Grace, Grace uh, Katima. She walks into my, and she says, you know what? There's this business that I think is a good business to invest in. And uh, so, so what was it? So it says, vending of uh, hot beverages. 
And so she told me her story. She had been doing it, but from where she was doing it, it wasn't working out so well. And I said, okay. I was looking into for something new to invest in. Let's go and do this. And that is when we come to Espresso. Espresso! Yeah, so that in a nutshell is... is uh... <laughs> wow. Wow, JK. Like, such a pioneer. Uh, yes, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, JK. So, before we get into... Now, I want, I want to ask you about Espresso. But I'm so tempted. Anyway, I'll come back to There's something I want to ask you about. I'll come back to it. Let's first talk about Espresso. When did Espresso start? Um, uh, in, how many people are you currently employing in terms of maybe is vendors? Like in, in terms of vendors, how many vendors are out there? Um, yeah, for how long has it been running? What is it about? What's the, what is the whole idea behind Espresso? All right, so as I told you, uh, Grace comes in and, we, and, and I look at it and I say, okay, this is something that can, I think can work. Um, so Espresso, um, if you saw the clip with the, these machines that are vending machines, so we needed those vending machines. We went and bought them in India. Um, and then we started uh, recruit. So we wanted to do actually the vending and food. Um, because they seem to go well together. Mm. So we got into uh, um, food uh, business also where we were doing events and things like that. Um, um, and we kind of lost focus a bit on the vending, um, but that's where we were. So we, and that's, so we set up this, um, we've got 62 machines. We had set up about 40-something um, by the time the COVID break came on. It's not easy to find the correct locations. Mm. Uh, we partner with Total, yes. with Shell, and with many others, uh, Hot Loaf, and with many other companies where we can actually put these, um, where we find traction, where people can actually consume. Um, so we ended up with, um, just before COVID, we had 53 members of staff. Wow. And, um, but we were struggling because it was not easy to manage them um, and they were on a salary. So we found out, you know, COVID, again, you know, you, COVID was a good and bad. So during COVID, we kind of had a real, real look at the whole thing. Yes. And say, okay, now, what is our biggest expenditure in the company? And it was um, salaries. Of course, yeah. Um, they took up about 55% of all the income we were making. Wow. And yet, at the same, and these guys were giving them some commission, but because they were getting uh, salary. a salary, they were not um, putting in as much as they... So we said, you know what? These guys, why do we keep the... Why don't we entice them and we get and we put them in, um, they become our partners. Actually, to tell you the truth, I got a vision mm -hmm. from God. Come on. Directly. Mm. June 12th, in the middle of the night. Mm. Anyway, God is smart because that time, you know, they have nothing else to do. You have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he gave me a roadmap. In the road middle map, of COVID. Uh, mm. In the middle of COVID. Like, I woke up, me, I don't like, I don't know how to write. I don't like writing and what. I actually, but thank God for uh, telephone, for these phones. So I got up and started writing all the things that I was hearing. And that's what we're doing now. So we've got, instead of, us running a business that is my business, our business. Now we're partnering with young people mm. uh, for them to start off businesses. There are so many young people 
I'm sure who are watching even now, want to start businesses, they want to go into business, they want to be self-reliant, they want to make some money, they, they've got the, but they don't know where to start. Yeah. And starting business normally is very, very expensive. Very, very, and especially in these times, it's really, really expensive. So we came up with this format. We have the machines. So the, the and we're really looking mostly at young, young people. Um, we tell them, look, get a million. You need to put something in yes. so that you have put in an your own. Mm -hmm. Bring a million shillings. We give you a machine. We give you that million buys the ingredients. The ingredients are, the, you know, the stuff that goes in the machine to get out uh, the beverage. And now you go out and sell. Mm -hmm. and, and we started. Yes. And, and it's just amazing. We had guys who were selling 15 cups a day. Mm -hmm. They are selling 40 now. Wow. <laughs> you know? And they are, getting, they are getting their profit daily. So yes. we said, okay, so you're, whatever you make, uh, this is how much you make. You make 750 shillings per cup. Now, that is yours. Take it. The money, when you've sold, the rest of the money, send it to us. Keep your 750. Wow. Sudden, so you go on, if you make a calculation, if you're doing 10 cups, that's 7,500. Yeah. It's not going to take you very far. It's going to help you, yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll get frustrated quickly. If you're doing 20, it's 15K. Mm. It's not good enough. So you have guys, now we have guys who are selling 80, 90 average per day. Wow. The, these are guys who are really, these are millionaires now. These are guys who are making, they're going home easily with one and a half million ad a month. Yes. Clean money. There's no tax on it. There's no, that's what they put in their pocket. We look after the rest. And we keep on resupplying them. So, and the locations are there. I mean, if we're going to hit, eventually we want to get to uh, 5,000 um, um, locations. And um, a lot of this thinking, I really want to thank a couple of people. One of them is our very good friend, Chris in Suvuga, my, my brother. Where is he? Was I saw, ah, there. You see, yeah. now, we are, now I'm doing Maru on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, he's, he's, our, he's our business coach. He came and really helped us to put these things together to, um, to cement. Guys, if you're running a business, there are business coaches, and this church is full of them. She's it's one true. of them. Mm. Eh? They help you think outside the box, from your box. You know, our boxes are tight. These guys, <laughs> they put you out there, and they, you see things that you haven't seen before, mm. and more than... More importantly is that you kind of rationalize. Things come together. And Chris yeah. did a good job of that. Um, Brian Kavuya helped us a lot with the thinking about the financing side of it. You know, you, you need help. Yes. You need, especially because we were changing. We were changing, you know. We, were, we noticed that we were not going in the right direction. And we sought help. Yes. And help came big time. And we're now moving. We're really improving thanks to that change. So, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like what you talked about, get help. Because many people, and there's a book we were reading recently, um, I'm also being coached by uh, Pastor Mose, uh, business coaching, and he was, we were reading the e-myth and how there's a difference between the entrepreneur and the technician. That you can know how to make coffee, but you may not know how to sell it and run a business. And so learning to the, the difference between the entrepreneur and the technician and the manager, three people in one walking around. And I think that's where the business coach comes in and helps you to make sense of things. Because you seem to be, from the stories, 
you can start. Oh, yeah. Starting is not a problem. <laughs> Taking the risk is not the problem, you know. And, and, and since you touched on that, in, the, in terms of managing the business, I, I, we happen to have a bit of knowing a part of your story. One of the things about your story before was there was a time when you were in heavy debt around the time you met Jesus. Uh, Could you tell us, I just want you just, I mean, we have little time, but I want you to sort of tell us the numbers. What kind of debt were you in? And how did you get yourself into this whole Mr. Get on a flight to South Africa tomorrow to go and see a thing and buy it and start a business? Like, I think people who are listening are like, maybe this guy, you know, just had this funding. I don't know from where. They don't know that you took so many crazy risks and at some point, it got a bit dangerous and you got out of it. But how much debt... What, to what tune have you been in? What's the highest you've ever been in debt? And how did you get, why are you laughing? How did you get yourself in, in that position? Uh, well, first, you said something very important, that there's, uh, there's the entrepreneur, there's the manager, there's the accountant, the, you know, all of those people are very important. Mm. Now, the, the, the debt, I was doing some things that were not very good, you know, they were, that you know, people need to avoid completely. I, I was doing business, but I, I was um, uh, wasting away a lot of the money. I used to, actually at that, just before that, I used to even gamble. I used yeah. to go into casinos and gamble. And uh, when you gamble, you're gambling away business money. So I ended up with, uh, with a debt burden of about 670 million. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, and it was, it was, and I was the one carrying it, it was pretty heavy. <laughs> oh my goodness, JK. And you know, you wake up and then, and then these things have a way and the income starts reducing. Of course, you've taken your eyes off the ball and now you're thinking too much about the debt and, um, and you just stop, come to a stop. And that's the time now. My testimony about how I met Jesus is a long one. We don't have enough time for that. But I, so I go to this... Uh, I just, just this little part. I go to this, um, uh, a friend of mine drags me to this uh, lunch hour. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is preaching, preaching, preaching. And then he stops right in front of me and he tells me, you man, you have too many burdens. Jesus is telling you, give him your burdens. He'll carry them for you. Jesus is telling you, give him your burdens now. I was about to die. Never mind. About, With the burden this, of 670 million. No, but this guy, more. how did he even think of me? And Prophecy. Hey, yeah. I, I sincerely, I nearly died. I'm in a place, never mind. I, it was my first time, my very first time to be in a congregation of Barokole. <laughs> <laughs> so it was <laughs> my extreme. My very first time. Yeah. And these guys, they sit me right at the front and Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Chiwewezi, who is going up and down with his uh, translator, stops right in front of Bambi, I died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but then but then the um, the, the power of prophecy it stayed it stuck with me mm. and then I was so desperate and I said you see, Jesus you said you want to carry this stuff here it is you carry <laughs> 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 and you know what Jesus did yeah he carried it yes within one year I'd paid off that whole debt Whoa. Now, don't, don't don't ask me don't ask me how, how <laughs> but. Jesus paid it for me. And, uh, and, and, again, and again, you know, when you think about it, as the people who kind of uh, start off these businesses, who are the mind behind it, the we are not always the best managers. Yes. 
and it's always good to find a very good manager. Right now, I think I've got some good guys who are working with us um, who can, you know, who see... Me, I'm optimistic. <laughs> that is you so know? true. <laughs> you know, really, I am going <laughs> to walk out of here today. Today is a Sunday. I suspect that by the end of today, maybe I'll have 10 million shillings. I don't know where it's going to come. Just you expect, yeah, yeah why no, not? No, no, no. Some company. If, if it doesn't come, it's okay. We'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and this is how you were even during that. I remember. I mean, I think we met you around that time when you were still going through. And I remember, you know. Apostle Moses tells a story in his book about this friend of his, if you've read Straightforward Financial Growth, who was in heavy debt, but when you'd meet him, he'd take you to the Serena for lunch. He'd say, yeah, all is well. You're thinking, but I know what this guy is going through. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about you, your attitude. No one will ever meet JK and know what is going on. Like, for you, there's, were you always like this? I think so. <laughs> no, but then, yeah, I, I was. I was, but it would be heavy. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, there'd be those times. But you see, that, that's, a, that's a beauty of being with, you, you know, having Jesus. Jesus has, you guys, Jesus is strong. He can carry stuff, you know. <laughs> you, you give him your stuff and he will carry it. And he, he will. Yes. You know, that's the important, that he will. And, and the thing about, you see, that. Many of many people, and I know many people who kind of really get down on themselves. I actually met one of my friends yesterday, and I looked at him. The guy has lost weight; he's not looking so good, and I know that he's have been having uh, business issues. And I was telling him, "Man, come, we have a meal." And he says, "Yeah, but you see, but you see." Let me tell you, the the <laughs> this world we're in, it's we have to dominate. God tell us to dominate. It's true, He did. Yeah, we told us to dominate, so we dominate. You know, when you are down, don't be out. Yeah. When you're down, don't be out. Uh, pick yourself up. You know, we even even let me tell you, even people who are not uh, Christians who don't know much or anything about God, uh, the 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 optimistic business people, they'll tell you they are at their smartest. <laughs> like clothes-wise, when they are broke. <laughs> you know, you are absolutely broke. Yeah. You wear your best. You go and sit yourself at Serena. Have you ever been through Serena? You know, you see these guys sitting around those chairs there. Yeah. They are broke. <laughs> <laughs> but they are at Serena. You know? And yeah. they are likely to meet somebody who can lift them out of that situation yes. there. Now, you tell me if you go to this place with a kabinika, you can't even have an expression. Kabinika. You know? You, you, yeah. You, you are going to meet people and all they are doing is talking about their hardships, about their problems, about You walk nicely, go singing. You'll make it home and, you know, and then you, but, but be optimistic. Move Look for where people who are going to help you are. Wow. Stay with those guys, you know. They, they, you know they, and these are some of the things that even our father talk, taught us, mm. you know. Some of them, of course, some people think they're excessive. But you see, if somebody went and built an aeroplane and put in first class and business class, mm -hmm. of course, and he put in economy. Mm. Now, you, you tell me, the, the, the guy who's likely to talk a good deal with you, are you going to find him in economy? No, sir. 
So invest a little, go in business. There was, if you are in, can I tell a little please, story? Please, please. So mm -hmm. I go to, I, I, me, I gift myself once in a while, so a good deal comes through. I go and give myself. Of course, sometimes it's exaggerated, but why not? Anyway, so I go to this. I go. To, uh, I play golf. I like golf. So I go to this wonderful golf resort. One of those, you know, those things. Though you, what, I have to do this once, once in a lifetime. In my life, yeah. So I go to this place, and uh, I'm uh, from Uganda, and I'm in this very exclusive place, and and I'm playing golf with this guy who came on a private jet. <laughs> And, hey! <laughs> and uh, and and so talk talk and he's the managing that he's the boss of UBS Bank. UBS is one of the biggest banks in the world. It's a Swiss bank. He's the boss of the American thing of it. And so we end up we have a drink together. And he says, "So I'm, he's asking me, where are you from? Uganda? You came from Uganda and you're here playing over." I say, "Yes." I says, "You know what, John?" He gave me his uh, business card and he says, "If you." You, if you're here, you're worth being here. So if you need any money for business, come to me. Don't worry. I won't ask you too many questions. You, you, you know, said I had, I got, uh, I haven't used it yet, but I got. Uh, yet. <laughs> yeah, yet is a very important word. Yeah. I, got a, I got a credit line of at least a million dollars for just being in this place with this. Because if I'm there, I belong. Wow. And never mind that I was pinching my dollars just to be there, but I. <laughs> so 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 okay. Me, my mind is a bit on the high side, but still, still look. If you are, if you want to be um, a big business, find out where the big business people have hang lunch, mm. hunger. It might cost you a bit, you know. It might cost you a bit. Let me tell you the cup of tea at Serena that costs fifteen thousand. Mm. Yeah, they make it fifteen thousand not because they need the money. Mm -hmm. It is to keep people out. Ouch. To keep, <laughs> yeah. They want the few who can afford the 15,000. And now if you are one of those oh, few. I am. The, the other guys will notice you. You start talking to and you'll belong. You know, you meet the guy there one day, two days. The third day you're saying hi. The next day you're introducing yourself. The f in two weeks you're talking business. Wow. You know? But you, if you, if you believe me, <laughs> anyway. <let> me <laughs> wow! So much wisdom, you guys, that put yourself in environments that speak to you, but also elevate, elevate. I don't elevate. overdo it like me, eh? but uh, uh, we shall, we shall try. But Jackie, let me ask one more question: Why do you believe in business so much? Because. You have started businesses over and over and over. You, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you've stopped this one, pick up another one. Why, why, do you believe, why do you believe in business? Why should a person watching you who is, you know, wondering, what's the point of being in business? Why? Why do you believe in business so much? Well, the business, um, first of all, I think everybody should be doing some business. Mm -hmm. um, even if you are a... Professor in a university, do have come and come and come and partner with us. Expressor. You know, there's a there's a thing there, and it is making for you three, four, five hundred thousand um, um, a month. Yeah. Um, it you 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 help shape things. Yeah. You really help shape things, and you make a difference. You you um, you know you know read the Bible. 
you read the Bible, if people have been in business from the very beginning of, of life and they are still there. Now, not all of us can do business. Mm -hmm. Do business at the level that us guys who do it exclusively. But you are helping people, yes. you know? Now, I had 53 employees before COVID. Now, I've got, I'm going to end up with 2,000 partners. Yeah. And we're doing, and we're doing it together. And, uh, and 5,000 partners and more. I mean, uh, if, I, if, if I tell you the numbers that uh, Pastor Chris talks about, uh, even me, they blow my mind. <laughs> but but um, that's what we do, is that we develop, we try to, don't be static. You know, move, try to move forward, mm. try to do. If what you're doing isn't working, look around. There are so many opportunities, and that's how I've lived my life. Um, and of course, when Jesus came into the picture, it just catapulted me completely. Yeah. Um, but believe me, just hanging their businesses, for me, it's life. It's part of my life. So I really wouldn't know how to best answer your question. You have answered it. Because you've said to the person watching, don't be static. Don't be static. Keep moving forward. There's opportunities around you. But also that when you're in business, you're changing lives. And you're making a difference. And you have made a difference. Because you've pioneered so many crazy things, even in this nation. Yes. Because you took a chance and saw an opportunity and moved forward. And when it stopped, you saw another opportunity. And when it stopped, you saw another opportunity. And so that power to keep seeing opportunity and to know that you're making a difference. You're redefining where you are. Jeke, thank you so much for such a good story. And guys, send in your questions. You know, right now, send questions in. Um, and, and help me welcome Apostle Mose as he just wraps this thing up if he can and asks some critical uh, thinking questions that he usually brings to the table. Welcome. Oh, I know. Wow. Oh, wow. No, you know with JK. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> it needs to be a series. We need a JK series. <laughs> right? Right, guys? Yeah, each story yeah. has a series. Because you, you feel like You've just begun and then the then clock is done. Yeah. But seriously, JK, you inspire us. You've inspired us for a long, long time. Yeah. And for me, I'm actually going to take this opportunity, instead of talking about business, to talk about something else all together, since we are all here. Yeah, yeah we have JK here, so we are going to seize the opportunity. Now, many people have been commenting and saying, oh, that's the JK. <laughs> <laughs> They finally put Where a face to the story because a lot of people have heard about JK, 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 and now this is the JK. Yeah. And I, I'm sure we are going to have JK back. Absolutely, yeah. we must. Because for me, it's not what you do. You've done so many great things, but just who you are. Who you are. The, the, all the things you're talking about, being the first in this, the first in oh. FM radio. Uh, color separation. Ah, there's the worship of his story. Yes, <laughs> the color separation and all of that. And the worship of his story. So that's the one I'm going to actually talk about for like a minute. Uh, because at nine o'clock exactly, we'll have a Harvest Kids program going live on this, going on onto these uh, channels, YouTube and Facebook. So please stay for the kids at 9 and then we'll be back at 10 for the service. But for those who haven't heard the story, 2006, we start Worship Harvest Church. Crazy young people. And on one of those Fridays, we used to have something called... Sling. One, sling. 
Jeremy used to work for JK. He gets JK to come for sling, you know, popcorn, some joint there on a veranda in Lumumba uh, Avenue. I don't even know what JK thought. <laughs> but JK comes for sling. We had a great time. And alas, on Sunday, JK shows up with his family. Like, oh my God, this is, this is not good. Because <laughs> we are young and disorganized and few. It's true. So JK came with his family. Uh, uh, there were how many? Five, Five children. Gladys and we were six of us. Yeah. Me, Gladys, uh, Angelo, Thomas, Nicole, and Kimberly. Yes, and... Was Carol Was Carol yeah. with us? Yes. No, she came. No, no the first service she didn't. She wasn't okay, there. But she was in school. Later on, Carol. Uh, so, so then, seven of you. Uh, and so, you were about... 30% of the, the congregation. congregation. No, 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 no. Please, <laughs> no, please, please, please. Please, please. Please, I was there. Uh -huh. So we get there, uh -huh. and we are seated, <laughs> and uh, they were the worship, so, so the, the worship was really, really nice. We seated in the front, because when we came, we were the first people. <laughs> so we sit in the front, when we finish uh, on the praise and worship, mm -hmm. on the veranda, mm -hmm. under Mavati. Yeah. The, so as we are sitting, I look behind, and there, there were two people. <laughs> so, so now you tell me what How percentage you are. We were six. <laughs> we were six, and there were two other people. <laughs> JK, you're making us look bad. Yes. <laughs> But how oh. can you look bad when we are now in thousands? Thirty oh. percent when you add the worship team. The worship team. team ah, now yes. Now we <laughs> <laughs> we had Evangeline. We had like three three Beatrices. There was yes. B one, B two, B three. <laughs> so and so JK comes and you came with Gladys. I don't know why you stayed. Why, why how, did you? Stay? <laughs> you were going to a very good prominent I, church I, at that time. How did you end up in this church? I actually had the best sermon that I had ever had that Sunday. Wow. Uh, Pastor Mose, and he was preaching about the lady at the well, at the, the, the lady who met Jesus at the well, and it all just made sense. And so we move out, and my family tells me, I, I used to go to another church, which they didn't particularly like, <laughs> and they tell me, Daddy, we have found our church. We have found we are here now. So I said, okay, guys, but okay, now me. They said, no, if you want, you go to the other side. They asked, we are coming here. So that's, <laughs> before you know it, wow. how many years is that? 14 years, 15 years. 14 years ago. 14 years. And then you came and introduced us the Discipleship Evangelism course by Andrew Womack. Yeah. And... JK took us through the DE course for one year, which is what established us as a church. I keep telling people everywhere I go that if you had never come, JK, one, I wouldn't be married today. Yeah, my marriage would have ended because it was on its way to ending before you brought the DE course. Two, this church wouldn't exist. Yeah, it wouldn't. And all the miracles that we have, you baptized me. Yes. Jekyll is the one who baptized That's one of, your, your that, that highlight, even when I meet Jesus, I'm going to tell him, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, I really just want to celebrate you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 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 Yes.
thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you very much. Worship Harvest now has uh, a, about 4,800 members, uh, one, 191 mission or communities, 18 locations, uh, including we started planting in other countries, and all of that is because you stayed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we'd like to end our broadcast today on that high note yeah. and, and, and say thank you, Jesus, for this man. Yes. And to encourage some of you, there are people who have played a significant part in your life. Mm. And maybe you've forgotten. Uh, go back and find them and let them know that where you are now is because of their acts of obedience many years ago. And for me, one of those people is Cheke. Wow. wow. So, thank you for joining us. See you next Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for Business Garage. Woo! One more time, let's appreciate this man. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.